Hi, my name is Israel Zapp. I want to welcome everybody to the Ambition Podcast. Um, I'm thankful for all of our listeners who's listening and watching, subscribing to our Spotify and YouTube, and following us on Instagram. Uh, we have our website at www.ourgodwillsaveus.com. Follow us on Spotify um, at Ambition. Our Instagram is Our God Will Save Us, the acronym OGWSU. I need to change that soon. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you guys. Um, we do have a merch line coming out very soon as of the dating of this uh, video. So if you want to uh, donate or pre order our merch, link will be down below. And um, yeah, I'm so glad that you guys are here because it's. I have a very special guest, um, someone who I have, excuse me, sorry, I just ran up the stairs right now, I am out of breath, <laughs> so, uh, 250 pounds of sexy, it's kind of hard, <laughs> you know, to breathe, but, um, he can awkward laugh, it's fine, <laughs> you know, <laughs> why is he talking about himself in the third person, I don't know, um, I want to welcome a guest. He is 16 years old. He's my little brother. I've known him for about three years now, and I love this kid so much. Uh, I've been privileged to mentor him in certain aspects of life, walk with him through seasons of his life. And now um, I get to have him on as a guest um, on my podcast because he's leaving to Texas next Monday. And um, very sad about that. I'll see him once, once in a while because, you know, he doesn't. He's too cool for me now. But uh, want to please welcome our guest, um, Carlos Montanez. Carlos, glad to be here with you, man. Man, I'm glad to be here too, man. It's it's just sad seeing everything uh, leaving this place, but I believe God has a place for me over there, and God has plans for me over there for sure. He does a lot of beautiful opportunities in Texas. <laughs> to say the, uh, yeah, to say it, the least. I'm leaving to El Paso, Texas yeah. on the 9th next Monday. Yeah. Wow. Don't don't be afraid because um Texas is a lot better than California. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh taxes aren't as bad, food is a lot better, people are apparently nicer, you know, and yeah, you'll be able to buy a property with like $5 in your pocket, so you'll be fine. I'm yeah, kidding. that's facts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Dude, I've known you for about, what, like three years now, right? Yeah, three. I would say about like three or four years. Three yeah. or four years. I've known you since you've had that, you know, 12-year-old stash, you know, <laughs> oh. <laughs> when you had your little mustache and when you were like... 100 pounds skinnier than what you are now. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I was like super short too and everything. You were, yeah. sh And then you sprouted. One day you sprouted to be like about my my height. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, where did this at? Where did the time go? What happened? You know what I mean? Like, Where's Carlos? <laughs> puberty hit him hard apparently, guys. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Dude, talk to me about though. So um, you and I first meet. I don't remember exactly how it was, but I remember... Uh, it was me, you, your brother Jaime, who I'm gonna have on the podcast this Saturday, oh, which okay. is cool. Awesome. Doing a birthday podcast, so it's gonna be sick. By the way, it is my birthday um, on Saturday, November seventh. So by the time this video drops, uh, it'll be past that. You guys can still send me birthday money via Cash App. Thank you, guys. <laughs> my <laughs> anyway. Cash App will be in the link below. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 13 years old. Um, you and I meet. Uh, if you're 13, and that was about three or four years ago, I'm probably maybe eight. 18 or 19 talk to me about um what was it like meeting this uh dude with weird hair and extremely tiny pants compared to what people <laughs> used to well you see i was only 13 so i didn't know what the custom was here at church because i had i had i was coming to church but i wasn't like 
fully in church for like a long time or anything like that. So um, I don't know when I saw you, what I thought, uh, not going to lie, man, I thought you were some weird dude. <laughs> I was like, who, who is this guy with these this like super skinny jeans, like grew and like, oh, man, I didn't know what, what, I didn't know who, like who you were and, and everything. But uh, as soon as I got to know you more and everything like that, I was like, man, this guy's actually pretty cool. But yeah, yeah. Just at a first sight, I thought you were like some weirdo, dude. <laughs> I'm <No>. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be sorry. You're not the first one to have thought I was weird. Um, no, no, I remember it was um, at one of our main conferences, like directly um, in the evening. This uh, I'm going to open the door to the student center, and this young man, he's about, uh, I think uh, at the time he was 17 years old, and I was I was 19. Yeah, I'm saying young man like I'm 50. You know, I don't know, <laughs> but he was a younger gentleman, and. Um, he uh, stops me from opening the door to the student center, and I'm like, uh, are, hey, bro, are you everything okay? He's like, I need to talk to you. And he gives me, like, a very serious tone voice. And, and then Yikes. I, I'm like, "All right, yeah, dude, totally, let's talk. He's like, I need to apologize to you. And then I was like, all right. <laughs> uh, for... you know, I, I'm literally, I'm confused. If you know me when it comes to any of our church operations, I am like going a hundred miles an hour, every direction, you know? Um, so right then and there, he's stopping me in the middle of my tracks to apologize to me for a crime. I did not know he committed. So I was like, uh, yeah, dude, you know, what's going on? I think cool. He's like, I need to apologize to you for two things. Uh, he's like, when I first met you, I thought you were a jerk. <laughs> and I was like, all right. I mean, I thought I was the nicest person in the world, but you know, I guess, mm -hmm. you know, I am surprised to meet people who don't like me, you know, <laughs> that's to be honest. And then the second thing is, he's like, I also need to apologize because when I actually did meet you, I found out you were really cool, but then I thought you were gay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I thought you were gay because you're skinny jeans. And then I looked at him and I'm like, wow, we're in 2018, man, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's that's oh, the culture man. for you in Stockton, you know. But you know, when I first when I was uh when I met you around the first time, you know, I was going through this, you know, season of trying to figure out exactly who I was, what I stood for, what I didn't stand for, who I um what uh attire that I loved that I fit in most with. You know, I feel like for me the biggest thing about my character is that <clears throat> I love to push um the barrier and see how far it's gonna go before it breaks mm -hmm. and then if it breaks um well i guess it wasn't a good enough barrier mm -hmm. <laughs> so talk to me a little bit about um how you feel as far as culture is going as far as breaking barriers um as far as breaking barriers culture is going i feel like it's good to get out of your comfort zone, hundred percent. I feel like it's it's good to get out of your comfort zone because if you don't, you're not you're never gonna know what's what's new. You're never gonna know, um, you're never gonna explore. You're never gonna be. You can be curious, but that's about the extent of your of what you're gonna be. So I feel like breaking barriers, breaking the right barriers, mm -hmm. is good. Oh, that's powerful know, for sure. Yeah. Everybody who's on Twitter, you guys need to tweet breaking the right barriers. That is, <laughs> I'm not playing because there's a lot of people who want to break the wrong barriers in life. Yeah. You know, like they want to start, you know, diving into certain aspects of life that nobody should ever dive into, mm -hmm. you know. And for me, I think if you're breaking the right barriers, as you said it perfectly, you're never going to go wrong in life. Mm hmm. 
you know, there was this um, <clears throat> there was this author and speaker. Uh, he was at this conference one day, and there was this communicator that went right before him at the conference, and he said, um, "We don't need any more mushroom eaters. We just need people just to flow, just to go with the flow." And the speaker hears that, and he gets riled up in his spirit, and he's like, he looked at the speaker and he said. I apologize for what I'm going to say right now, but I'm a mushroom eater. Now, for those of us who don't understand what that means, because if you're like me, you're an artisan, but you're also not as smart as the uh, philosophers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, a mushroom eater in its simplest uh, meaning uh, literally means somebody who eats mushrooms. You know, well, very deep, right, guys? <laughs> you know, wow. um, it's because when you're a mushroom eater, you're the one who figures out which mushroom is poisonous mm -hmm. and which one isn't. And that person, what he was saying, he's saying, I'd rather go through life knowing that I tried everything that I could. And whether some things failed or some things didn't fail, some things were worth trying, some things weren't worth trying. I'd rather say I did it at the end of my life rather than saying I wish I did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Man, tweet that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's terrible. <laughs> no, but um, so now you're 16 years old and you are a pioneer at 16. You're doing a lot of things that I wasn't able to do at 16, mainly because I was homeschooled, you know. But even if I was in school, I probably wouldn't do a lot of the things that you do, mm -hmm. which is you've started uh, what's known as the Project 7 Club, which is a Bible study within your school. Um, I was privileged to speak there with, I think there was about 13 or 17 kids in attendance. I don't remember, uh, yeah. but it was a good amount of kids there, and they were all awesome. Um, you have, like, your whole freaking team you have an actual treasurer and you have uh, you know you have all these different aspects of the team members and i'm like dude this is sick you lead uh bible studies um on and off uh high school campus at chavez high school you um lead uh, um your student ministry you know um different aspects of it you know you're on the music team you're doing all these different things you're about to move to texas and take territory there talk to me about what it is that drives you to be involved in all of these different aspects. One thing that really drives me is um, I just I just love, honestly, I just love serving God, to be honest. And the whole reason why I started the whole P7 Club is because I had such a strong burden for souls, wow. especially for people at my school. Um, I remember when I first started going to, uh, to high school in my freshman year, I was looking around and seeing all these people and seeing what they believed in and I'd see people doing drugs in the corner underneath the stairs, and I would see pe other people doing other things, and I just, it hurt me in my heart. And I felt like, man, this generation needs God more than any other generation. Wow. This generation needs God the most. So that kind of gave me the burden for souls. And as far as music ministry, man, I just love playing guitar. I love, and I figured if I could play guitar, why not do it for the, for the Lord, you know? Oh, so powerful. So, um, Yeah. Dude, that's so good, you know, because not many 16-year-olds have that ambitious desire to continue um, doing something. You know, you don't know how many people who are my age and even a lot older than me in their 30s, 40s, and 50s who have yet to teach a Bible study. Yet you've probably taught within your lifespan right now maybe hundreds already. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it be behind a pulpit, whether it be in a classroom setting, one-on-one, -on -one, whether it be through text messages. 
sometimes we look at an official date saying we're going to have a Bible study at Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. That's the only Bible study that we give out. When in reality, most of the text conversations that, you know, at least that you've showed me, you're throwing the Bible somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. You know, even in your daily conversation, you're throwing the Bible somewhere in there. Talking with you is a walking, talking Bible study. <laughs> Man. <laughs> no, well, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's not a bad thing because some people try to filter the word of God through their life. You're, you're the type of person that does it the right way, and that is you filter your life through the word of God. And when you filter your life through the word of God, you're no longer going to be saying, all right, it's my will, let my will be done. But you get to this spot in life where it's like, no, let me do God's will. Or let me follow God's plan. Yeah. Shout out to Drake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was something that was really kind of hitting my heart, too, about moving and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I, on Wednesday, I was speaking, and one thing that I mentioned is, like, ever since God kind of confirmed that I wanted to move or that he had want, He wanted me to move, I've been wrestling it, man. I, I, I love this place. I don't want to leave this place. But I kind of got to a point where I was like, you know what, God? I already told you, I already committed myself to you, so you take control, God. Mm-hmm. Just like Dylan saw control uh, on Spotify, whatever. Shout out to Dylan. <laughs> He's going to be our next guest. Uh, but uh, it kind of like, I got to a point where like, God, you know, I don't want to move, but it doesn't matter what I want. I don't care what I want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Wow. You take control. And that kind of, that's kind of what the point that I'm at now is like, you know, God, it doesn't matter, matter whether I'm in Stockton or Texas or wherever, you know, um, I don't, I don't care where I am as long as you take control, God, you know. How do you, because right now you're 16 years old, most 16 year olds are doing, they're trying to do several things. They're trying to figure out how they're going to get the first bottle of alcohol, or they're trying to figure out, you know, where they're going to get the next batch of weed because, it's not even just 16-year-olds. It's like 13, 14, 15-year-olds, you know, mm-hmm. who are already smoking and having, you know, partying. Just the other day, this uh, uh, student um, decided that they to take it upon themselves and um, go through their Snapchat and go through their Snapchat stories and see um, all their friends right in front of me um, who are at parties, you know, over the weekend. We just, you know, some people celebrated Halloween. You know, I celebrated by going to Walmart and getting all the half-off candy. Glory <laughs> to God. <laughs> um, but there's, like, homeboy is 14 years old, and all of his classmates are doing They're already at parties. Yeah. You know, people your age and younger, they're already, you know, buying condoms. You know, they're having sex. You know, they're doing all these different aspects of life, you know. And it's not waiting till hey i found the one anymore before it used to be wait till marriage and then people some uh dumbed it down they're like well we're not gonna wait till marriage we're gonna wait till it's that special person then it went from the special person to it's like uh the only way you're gonna keep a man or a girl is if you have sex and then now it went from let's just have it with anybody and everybody (laughs) you know yeah and it's like you know to each their own i guess you can say um if your mandate and if you're uh, foundation is not biblical principles, you know, I guess to each their own. Um, but you as a 16 year old, you as a human being, how do you continue to build your life upon God's word and upon the Bible? Like, what is that passion that's like, Hey, God's word is my mandate and I'm going to live it. You know, um, throughout my whole life, I've always felt there's, I mean, a lot of us have felt confused at times. Um, 
sure. we've been presented opportunities to to whether we're doing drugs or alcohol a lot of us and that was something that happened in my life and I felt confused I didn't know what to do I didn't know what was right what was wrong and I remember reading this one verse and it said um it said that his word will be a lamp into my feet and a light into my path it said the Bible says that and I was it, that kind of like put me in a direction where you know what even if I, even if I don't know I want to find out you know, it kind of gave me a desire to to kind of start reading the word of God more and, and figure out what is wrong, figure out what is right, figure out what I want to be, figure out what kind of man of God I want to be. And uh, just reading the word of God, it kind of gave so much clarity. And I mean, that's what the Bible does. I mean, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So it's just God is basically guiding us, you know. Right. And that's kind of that kind of dro- is what driving what is driving me to kind of <clears throat> live the word of God, you know. But yeah, that's so good. So you're you're constantly finding yourself in the word of God, you know. Whereas most kids are trying to find themselves on either TMZ or what is that a world star, you know? Still, you know, <laughs> people world are, star. you know, people are trying to get TikTok famous, which you know, uh, to each their own. You know, I'm not knocking TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, one of my friends was like, you need to get on TikTok and get your brand on TikTok. And I said, you want to do it for me? He's like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because for me, I have, um, I, I still can't believe Snapchat is a thing. No disrespect to Snapchat. <laughs> you know, they're probably going to sue me now, you know, but no disrespect to them. But, you know, I, I remember when Snapchat became extremely popular. And then next thing you know, Instagram became the new Snapchat, you know, as far as mm-hmm. um, all their features and stuff. So I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I don't use Snapchat, but yet you, to this day, I see like a lot of people like, hey, what's your snap? What's your snap? And I'm like, what's yeah. my snap? <laughs> but why don't you just ask for my number? You know, yeah. like I rarely use Instagram, you know, only for marketing purposes. I use Twitter because, you know, I just air my thoughts on Twitter, mm-hmm. you know. I've gotten to the point when it comes to Twitter that I don't just air uh bible verses anymore i air my personal thoughts and outlooks on life and it got to a point um where this one uh user i don't even know who she is but she she did this feature where you can quote a tweet and Mm -hmm. then she quoted my tweet and then she's like i wish everybody can be soft on uh racism like you are you know oh the privilege and i was like soft on racism you're calling you're calling me soft like ma'am <laughs> you know do you not mm-hmm. know who i am you know which apparently she didn't you know and not saying that i'm anybody in particular but it's to the point where it's like you know i i feel as though social media has become that is your image um and if you don't have a social media presence then you're not present yeah that's a crazy thing it's like social media was just a place where people found community people found new friends made new friends you know i love social media because i got to meet people from texas and i didn't have to leave my couch mm-hmm. you know nowadays my bedroom but now it's like social media is not the other world rather it's now become the real world yeah at this point whatever you tweeted 10 years ago it's like haunt you like can you like just a couple um i don't remember if it was uh last year or two years ago but this college student he was like super legit in college ball and he sent out a tweet that it was a very terrible tweet apparently i didn't read what he said but it was something extremely terrible and he lost a scholarship because of it and i'm like bro 
everybody tweeted stupid crap, you know, back, you know, like five, ten years ago when Twitter was coming out. Because, first of all, nobody had the desire to learn about how powerful their words are. Nobody had the desire to learn how powerful their expression is and how to choose their words wisely and how they express themselves, you know, amongst other different areas of their life. But if we were held accountable but for everything we posted and tweeted five, ten years ago, I think the whole world would be in shambles. You know, nowadays, social media is not the other world. Rather, it's become the real world. Yeah. If you don't post that you're Black Lives Matter on Instagram, then apparently you're not Black Lives Matter. If you don't post yeah. that you're at a protest, That's then right. apparently you're not supporting the protest. If you don't post um, John 316 or Acts 238 on your Instagram or Snapchat or social media every five seconds, then apparently you're not Christian enough. You know, all these different things, you know. How do you filter through that because you're not on social media all the time you're very rarely on there at least not, from what i've yeah, seen not a lot like how at 16 years old in a social media driven generation how are you finding your identity that's away from social media well one thing that i um i know and that i've seen on social media um people's lives can be ruined on social media right um, i have this leadership class and uh well at my old school now, um, I had this leadership teacher and he was saying like, nowadays, all all someone has to do to ruin someone else is post something on, Insta or on Instagram right. or on social media. And that's all they have to do. And they could ruin someone else's life or mm -hmm. they can ruin the, the rest of their high school experience. And one thing that um, kind of reminded me and kind of put me like, not in check, but kind of put me like, kind of like opened my eyes was... Um, the tongue holds the power of life and death. Right. So do I want to use my tongue for life or do I want to use my tongue for death? Mm -hmm. And um, that's kind of like what I do is whenever I am on Instagram, I mean, I'll post me having fun with the guys or I'll post, you know, whatever. But I'll also post like Bible verses on my, my feed and, and a bunch of stuff like that. And sometimes I, I don't even use social media Unless someone else texts me, which is like, man, you have my number. Just text my number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's like I feel like, I mean, the tongue can hold the power of life and death. But it's also, you know, it, it's saying like your words. So it doesn't matter if you say it. You, if you type it, it's pretty, pretty much it's the same thing. You know, you're saying it. You're saying what you feel. You're saying whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, that's kind of how I see everything, you know. And that's very powerful, <clears throat> you know, I mean, to learn this lesson at 16 rather than 26 or 36, because I see a lot of, you know, younger evangelists who either just got out of Bible college, been out of Bible college for a few years, and they're trying their best to market themselves on Instagram. You know, there's this popular, uh, not popular evangelist, but uh, he's, he's kind of well known on our side of the tracks from, you know, the West Coast, where he's constantly over, um, trying his best to overhype himself. You know, and I, you know, no disrespect, you know, because, you know, I'm sure he's, you know, a great speaker, you know, and um, I've heard him speak once or twice. And, you know, it's it's cool to, I guess you can say, um, to promote yourself. But when you get to a point where it's like we can we can easily tell that you're in this for self-image. And social media has now become the best way that you, I don't want to say connect with people, but rather it's how you connect people to you. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, 
I get it. But you're not like that in real life. In real life, outside of your phone, outside of your devices, this isn't who you are. Who you are is completely different than the rich guy you're trying to portray on Instagram. You know, because half of the stuff that you buy is from the 99 cent store. (laughs) You know? Yeah. You you understand what I'm saying? You know, you take one Instagram video, be like, oh, look at me. I'm like (laughs) buying this. And then like, oh, my God, that person is so cool. And then what you don't see is the fact that he pulled out like 10 coupons. You know, (laughs) it's not. But what I'm saying is I'm not dogging the fact of how you pay. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you decide how to filter your image on social media. Mm -hmm. You decide how people view you. You decide whether people are going to view you as an activist. You're going to decide if people are going to view you as a radical, zealous Christian or whatever religion belief system that you're a part of. Mm -hmm. You get to decide whether they view you as a racist. You get to decide how people view you via social media and how you post. Talk to me a little bit about how poor, how important it is, not necessarily from the social media aspect, because although that is now sadly becoming the real world, because if, if you look at it right, people, it's sad to say, you know, which I, don't get me wrong, I love, again, the pros of social media, how they connect people from all parts of the world. You know, there's so many people who are like, oh, dude, I just met at Instagram username so-and-so. And I'm like, they have a real name. Her name is Karen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding, not Karen. My bad. That's a bad name, apparently. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, talk to me a little bit about, like, how you decide to connect with people in the actual real world and how you present yourself to them. In the real world, in the real world, in the in the actual physical world, how do you? Um, how do I choose to present myself? I I just be myself, dude. To be honest, I um, I feel like if you can't be yourself, then you got to really think about what you're doing. If you can't mm. be yourself when you're uh, when you're with other people, then you really have to stop what you're doing. You got to think what what am I doing in my life that I have to fix? Wow. So I feel like if I'm just if I just be myself, you know, I'm goofy sometimes, you know, if I just be goofy, you know, people, if they like me, they like me, you know, if not, well, screw them, you know, but. (laughs) I felt that. No, no, but not that. Everyone tweet that, yeah, guys? (laughs) But. um, At Carlos Montanez said, if they can't accept you for who you are, screw them. (laughs) You know what I meant. But it's like, I, I try to pour myself as me you know when people how do I want to say this like if if I'm my if I'm myself with someone let's say there's a Jessica and then there's a another person named Vanessa whatever if I'm myself if I'm one way with Jessica but a different way with Vanessa and they end up talking and they're like oh Carlos is like this no he never said that he said this and this and that it's like then it just what do I believe you know what what nobody knows who you are and you're end up having a this this image to people that you're a fake person and this and that it's like I want to be me I want to be real I want people to know that I am a Christian that I am a God-fearing man and which is like on social media that's what Powerful. I I on social media I have a bible verse I post uh so I I had this post where I had a prayer gave a little bible study recorded myself I post scriptures I want people to know that I am I am Christian but I also want people to know I'm a fun guy you know um 
He sadly likes the 49ers. I'm trying to get no, him over no. to uh, the LA Rams. So <laughs> Disgust. The Rams. What, what happened to the Buccaneers? I'm a Brady fan and a Rams fan. We do this for LA <laughs> and for the rings. <laughs> no, I'm uh, the, the best franchise in the history of the NFL, uh, the 49er fan. And... Um, yeah, I want people to know that too, for sure. <laughs> Didn't they choke like five times already? <laughs> no way. Okay. <laughs> you see, that is the thing too. Is sometimes when you when you right away when you throw out the word, "Oh, you're a Christian," right away people they marginalize you. Be like, "Oh, he's weird." Yeah, but in reality, for sure. the only the weirdest thing about you is you're a Niner fan. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> that's that's how it was. Like um, even in high school, now it's like people. They'll assume things. They'll have this. They have this stereotype of Christians that nobody ever wants to change the stereotype. Nobody ever wants to see a different way. Nobody ever wants to actually get to know the person. And mm. that's kind of one thing that was difficult. That is difficult for me in high school. Um, people see me. They say, "Oh, he's a Christian. He's weird. Oh, he's a Christian. He believes this. Oh, he's a Christian. He hates uh, LGBT." The, that community. He's Christian. Oh, he hates this. Oh, he, that's not true. None of that is true. Uh, as a Christian, if you actually want to know what I believe, why don't you stop and talk to me? Wow. Why don't you actually get to know me? Why don't you actually try to see and know what I believe instead of just assuming? And that's the problem with, with the, that's a big problem in this world is mm. not just on Christians, just stereotypes in general, you it's know, powerful. Uh, stereotypes on the uh, stereotypes on the African community, the African American community. That's there's a huge stereotype out there on on them. There's a huge stereotype on Christians. There's a huge stereotype on every race, on uh, everything. And one that's something that us as humans, us as people in this generation, we have to see a different way. We have to see, you know, I'm not gonna go based on my stere on what the stereotype is. I want to get to know you. I want to get to know who you are. Don't judge a book by its cover. You know, right. I want to get to know what you believe before I start saying this, before I start doing this, before whatever, you know? And um, that was just something like really, that was something that we, that I really not struggled with that I really saw in uh, high school, you know? Mm. I'm still in high school, but I really see in high school, you know, it's like a lot of people, they won't talk to me because I'm Christian and, you know, they, because apparently I hate a certain thing about them and that's not true, man. That's not, but yeah. That's what I find about, a lot of culture and that's the whole purpose for this podcast you know um well, that's the main purpose there's uh, there's multiple but one of them is is having a conversation with people because as humans we have lost the art of having a conversation we've lost the art of listening to each other and talking with each other um i believe as a generation we are so good at talking we know our points. We know if we had to give a PowerPoint presentation about what exactly we believe, we can do it. Mm -hmm. If we had to write an essay, we can do a perfect MLA format. If we're feeling fancy, we can do a perfect Chicago style with the cover letter and everything. <laughs> you know, like we can get all our points down. We have our, all our ducks in a row. But when it comes time for us to dial it back and listen to the other person, for example, listen to Carlos when he's like, Yes, I am a Christian, but no, I do not hate you. Yes, I am a Christian, and yes, I do love sports. Yes, I follow the suckiest sport team in the world called the Forty Nineers. You no, know, <laughs> you know. Yes, this is who I am. Um, this is my belief system. But at the end of the day, all of these other assumptions that you see, 
That's not true because you can label all of these different things based off of how you've seen it, but you don't know my perspective. Yeah. And that is a problem that we have with society is we are so good at talking, but we don't know how to listen. Mm-hmm. We've forgotten how to listen because I feel as though as a culture, our generation has felt like they, for whatever reason, I don't know all of their reasons. I can't speak for everybody, but I feel as though that my generation and the 20 year olds and now boiling down to the 15, 16 year olds and even the generation after you, which was the 10, nine year olds, they, for whatever reason, they felt suppressed when it comes to their voice. They feel like their voice maybe doesn't matter. Maybe nobody listened to them. Maybe they're not taken seriously enough, all of these different things. So now, instead of listening, taking the time to actually listen to, to an idea that is different than theirs, I don't think you and I can have a problem talking about the things that we agree on. Yeah, for sure. But when it comes to those things that we may not see eye to eye on, those uncomfortable conversations, nine times out of ten, most people, what they're going to do is they're going to back out. Mm-hmm. And then when they back out of that conversation... They're going to point fingers at you and they're going to be like, well, you see this way, you see that way, you see this way. And then you're looking at it like, dude, you first of all, you didn't hear half the things I said. <laughs> Second of all, you chose not to listen to half of the yeah. things I said. James writes this in the Bible. He says, be quick to listen and slow to speak. We've done the exact opposite. We've been quick to speak and slow to listen. Talk to me about how you're learning how to apply that principle to your life on how to be Quick to listen, slow to speak. You'd rather listen to people, hear what people have to say before you sit there and assume. What is that that like? How do you do that? Um, well, there's been multiple people in my life that have come to me for maybe help or whatever. And um, yeah, there's been a few times where I just speak and I speak and I speak and I, sp- mm-hmm. I just don't listen, you know? And one thing that I learned is that if you really want to help the person, sometimes people don't even need something, someone to speak. Sometimes people just want someone to listen. And I learned that if I can just listen, I can understand mm. what they're going through. If I can just mm-hmm. listen, I could see their perspective on things. And I can give them advice without listening. I can give them advice, but maybe that's just not the advice that they need. Right. Maybe that maybe it's just something totally different. Maybe just just because they say one thing doesn't mean that that's what the whole story is about. Wow, it's powerful. Um, so that's I kind of I want to listen to the whole story. I want to hear what they have to say. I want to see what 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 someone's going through, or it doesn't even have to be what someone's going through, but someone's perspective on things. So that I can give my perspective and I could go based on what they believe, not based on what they believe, but I can see what they believe and use my words to kind of help them in a way, you know, and that's kind of how I see things and how I um, how I, I, I learned and I'm still learning uh, to listen, you know, to listen for sure. That's a lesson that, you know, I've had I've talked to several people on this podcast already and it's not. Everybody, no matter your age group, everybody is still learning how to listen because we're so used to talking. Yeah. We're so used to sharing our perspective. We're so used to sharing what we look at. And one of um, one of my friends, a previous guest on here, Karina, she uh, was taking this class or whatever, and she was talking about how we decide to um, filter our life through the way we want to see things. We choose what we want to see. Mm-hmm. So when we see something that is you know, the tiny most painful, we just 
exited off our feed or we exited out of our life because we love to be comfortable. Yeah. In culture, we've learned, especially in American culture, we've learned how to be comfortable. I often look at how the, um, if I can say it this way, the left side of politics or the left side of the aisle, they love to preach tolerance. But they're only tolerating you if you're in their same group. They're only tolerating you if it's like, are you preaching the same mainstream message that we're trying to speak out? And if you don't speak the same mainstream idea, then we're not going to tolerate you. We're going to cancel you. That's where cancel culture comes in. It's no longer a culture where it's like you have a right, you know, to believe what you want to believe. Rather, it's you have a right to be wrong. You have a right to be canceled. I'm going to cancel you first chance I get because we are not allowed to have different ideas. We've lost the permission to disagree. Yeah. We, we've lost permission to disagree with each other because now if you disagree with me on a particular policy, now I'm going to label you as a sexist or I'm going to label you as a racist or a white supremacist or this supremacist or, you know, all these different issues. And I'm looking at them like what you want is a utopia. That's what you want. You don't want a world where people can be original. You don't want a world that people can live out their own dreams, live out their own ideas and grow and change and change their mind. Because not only have we lost permission to disagree, but we've also lost our permission to change our mind because who we were five years ago might not be who we are today. Yeah. I may have thought one way five years ago, right or wrong, but today I'm completely different. And when I look at, how we hold each other accountable for what we said five years ago rather than what we're saying, it kind of scares me. Because 10 years from now, when it's our generation running the government, not two 70, 80-year-old men (laughs) running for it, which, you know, what is it? Today's Monday. Tomorrow at the recording of this video, tomorrow is election day. So future... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Jose just did a he did a, a, a tiny prayer right now you know <laughs> dear future me if you're not dead hopefully uh, <laughs> not dead. hopefully the world didn't explode you know because of the election um, <laughs> no matter who wins I think the world's gonna end you know <laughs> I'm just kidding <laughs> um, but we've lost our permission to change our mind talk to me a little bit about how you're making an allowance for somebody you might not agree with it could be somebody of a different faith. It could be somebody with a different moral standard. It could be somebody who's just different than you. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about how you're like, I may not agree with how you have an outlook on life, but I'm still willing to walk with you through life. Um, so I have this friend at, uh, we've been friends since middle school. Mm-hmm. And uh, he came from Pakistan. <clears throat> he moved here from Pakistan and uh, he went to my old school, Rio Calavera. Uh, yeah, Rio Calavera. Shout out to Rio. I went to that school for a semester. All Fs that semester, but I still went. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I have this friend, and uh, he's Muslim. Right. And he knows that I'm Christian, and we don't agree on certain things, but we're still friends to this day. We still hang out to this day. We still go play basketball, play football. He's He gave me, a, a, like, a painting. He he painted something for me so I could take with me to Texas. Um, so we're still really good friends. And one thing that I see is, you know, we may not as a Christian, you know, one thing that I, I see is as a Christian, we may not agree on 
our religions, Mm -hmm. but we figure out what we do agree about. We do agree about certain things. We do agree that all people should be treated a certain, uh, you know, fairly. We We do agree that on certain things. And one thing that I see, if we can agree on this, I could slowly build it up. And maybe one day, hopefully, if I just keep showing him love and I keep caring for him, maybe he'll come to a basketball Bible study that we have. Um, you never know. But one that's one thing, one way that I see it. You know, we don't agree on everything. We don't. But once we figure out what we do agree on, we know it doesn't lose the connection between us. Mm-hmm. We know because what a lot of people will see, will do, what a lot of people will, yeah, what a lot of people will end up doing is they won't agree on one thing and then they'll separate. Wow. They'll they'll like be like Izzy, I don't agree with you, and then they'll just leave. They'll drop the whole conversation because they're done, you know. But one thing that I I I learned with him is like, okay, we don't agree. On because one thing that he believes he doesn't believe that Jesus is God, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he knew that Jesus was alive, but he didn't know that he he de- they don't believe that Jesus he they believe that Jesus is just a follower. Jesus is, you know, all that. Um, so we don't agree on that. But one thing that we do agree on, we do agree that uh, we do agree that the the whole Old Testament because their Bible is it has a lot of certain things about the Old Testament. So one thing is uh, the whole story about Abraham and Isaac. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, they have that story in their Bible too. Mm-hmm. So we talk about it, and I tell them what what it says in in, in the the Bible. I tell them this is what I kind of give them like Bible studies, but he doesn't know that it's a Bible a Bible study. You know, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, kind of giving giving him this the our viewpoint. So we agree on certain things, and that kind of helps um, us stay connected. Help me reach his soul in a way. But yeah. That's so cool, you know, how honestly to bridge the gap with any, between any faith group, you know, um, I'm going to make a very controversial statement and say not all religions are the same, <laughs> you know, because they're not. Yeah. Not all uh, not all faiths are the same. You know, I, I, I love it when, especially my college friends, because they think they're so smart, you know, <laughs> asking this question. Um, they're saying, uh, Izzy, what, you know, what's the difference between a Christian and, you know, a Muslim or a Christian and, you know, all these other religions aren't all religions the same, mm-hmm. you know, and whether they think, they think they're smart or they're asking a question genuinely or they're, you know, trying to get a gotcha question, you know, whatever, wherever the heart of the question comes from, um, if you were to say to a Buddhist and say, aren't all religions the same? I mean, isn't your religion the same, you know, as a Muslim, <laughs> you know, faith? Mm-hmm. The Buddhist will look at you like, apparently, you don't know anything about the Muslim faith and you know nothing about the Buddhist faith because they are not the same. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing if it was the other way around. But when it comes to Christians, it's like, aren't all religions the same? Don't they all take you to nirvana? Don't they all take you to your place of rest? Don't they all take you to be with God? You know, and... When you have these different outlooks on life and different expressions of how people choose to follow what they believe is God in their eyes, you can never sit back and say all religions are the same. Yeah. But what you can say is whether or not, which they're not, but whether or not my religion is the same as yours, what I can say is is human decency. Yeah. 100% should be the same between all faiths. I should be able to look at the atheist or the agnostic or the Buddhist or the Muslim or, um, 
the sea girl, these different people who have different expressions and ideologies of who God is or who he isn't or what humanity should look like. And I should look at them and be like, honestly, dude, what's up? <laughs> you know, yeah. what's your name? You like coffee? Let's get coffee. Can you drink coffee? I don't know, but let's drink, you know, let's do, let's get, let's, get, let's just chill. You yeah, know what I mean? That, that kind of goes back to the whole stereotype thing that I was talking about earlier. We cannot, we cannot just not talk to someone based on a stereotype, mm-hmm. especially as, as Christians, we're supposed to go out and love everybody. We can't just push them away because they believe a certain thing. You know, our, our, our faiths aren't the same. And I honestly, it's not the same, but if we could just get to know them, kind of like how I do with my friend, if I could just get to know him, I get to know what he believes. If I can get to know that, then I can see what we have in common. I can see what beliefs we do have in common, mm-hmm. what what faiths, whatever that we do have in common, and I could build off of that. You know, that's so powerful because what you're doing is you're allowing room for a conversation. Yeah, you're allowing room for a conversation, which is. Uh, sorry, I'm like still out of breath from running up the stairs. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Y'all pray for me, bro. <laughs> I have my running shoes on so I can go to the gym after and build my cardio. Glory to God. Um, but when you allow room for the conversation, you also allow room for change. Yeah. Because it may not be, and I'm going to phrase, I'm going to try to phrase this the best way that I can so it can sound tweetable. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> the new thing in the church is not amen. It's uh, tweet that, pastor. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's the Instagram caption. <clears throat> um, but it, conversations may not lead to a life-altering change in that moment. But that one change in that moment could lead to a life-altering decision. Mm-hmm. Because how your friends look at you may change how they look at Christians from everywhere yeah i don't know exactly i don't know if we've noticed that but there are so many people who are like i don't go to church anymore because i had x amount of mean people who said they follow jesus treat me x y and z and it's like i totally get that you know like who am i to tell them how to feel yeah you know who am i to say that their experience isn't legitimate who am i to say um all these different things you know um my usually my follow-up response you know is and this is sarcasm 101, <laughs> you know, but th- to use the excuse that um, I don't go to church because the mean Christians, you know, I had a bad experience at church. <clears throat> For me, it's like, okay, I had a bad experience at Texas Roadhouse every single time I've gone. <laughs> they oversalted my steak every single time, you know, at least I thought so. But um, that didn't mean I stopped eating, you know, yeah. like... At the end of the day, you can I can have my outlook on that situation, and they can have that outlook on their situation. But at the end of the day, that doesn't change the fact how I treat them. That doesn't change the fact that they're still human. They still have feelings, mm-hmm. and I still am privileged to do life with people. Sometimes people have this mindset that they have a right to you. You know, it's weird, like, they have a right to tell you how to feel. They have a right to tell you how to think. They have a right to tell you what to say rather than they have the privilege to walk alongside you in this life. I think we're all privileged to know each other. I don't think it's as simple as we make it or as um, nonchalant as we make it. I think every human life within this world, no matter whether I agree or disagree with their outlooks on life, I think I'm privileged to know them. 
Mm-hmm. And I think this world is privileged to have them a part of it. You know, um, within the closing moments, um, as we begin to wrap it up, there is one actual question that I did um, want to ask you. And this is really where you just monologue for, you know, the last few moments of our podcast. Um mm-hmm. You're 16 years old. You have a full, full life ahead of you. You know, Lord willing, you live to be, uh, I don't know, 80 years old. You know, I don't know, some dramatic old age. I just thought 80, you know. Um, You're 16 years old right now. You have so much energy. You're a pioneer. You're a leader. You know, you're just, you're, you are at 16 with all the gifts and the talents and the capabilities that you have. You are at 16 what I wanted to be at 16. You know, I'm 21 right now. And although at 16, I was, I mean, I'm a preacher's kid. I was uh, helping my parents build a church and whatnot. You were growing up in a church, but you were growing up doing things in school, doing things um, outside of church that I wish I could have done. So you're 16 right now. Talk, what is a message that you want to say to your future self and possibly encourage other people out there who are like, dang, he's 16 years old and he's doing all that. So what is like, one thing, what is it? One thing that if I were to tell my future self one thing, I would tell my future self, don't give up. And there's a reason why, because even now, even just at 16 years old with what I'm doing, I have the P7 club that I have. I, I'm giving Bible studies sometimes on Fridays at the basketball. I just preached on Wednesday and I'm saving, I'm talking to my family about God and so many other things. It's like even at 16 years old with whatever I'm doing, the enemy is trying to stop me. And I, there's been times where I've gone through hell and it's been rough. And what I see at 16 years old, I feel like it's really rough. But one thing I do know is I do know that in the future, God's going to use me more. Mm-hmm. I know that in the future, God's just, all he's going to do is he gonna, he's going to keep building my ministry. He's going to keep building me and putting me in different things in his kingdom, try, using me in different ways. And if the enemy is trying to stop me now, mm-hmm. how, how much harder is it going to be for the enemy to stop me in the future? So the phrase, the phrase um, God never said it would be easy, but he said it would be worth it. Mm-hmm. That phrase is so true. And I would tell myself, don't give up. It Don't give up because it doesn't matter what you're going through. Just like Job. Job went through hell. Job went through hell. So it doesn't matter what you're going through. Just know it's going to be worth it. You know, just know even if you keep walking, there's light at the end of the tunnel, even if you can't see it. I I uh, spoke this word. I preached this sermon a while ago. And the title was, The Road May Be Foggy, But the Destination Is Still There. You know, so it's like, even if you don't see the road, even if you can't, even if it's all foggy around you, you know that if you stay on that road, if you keep going forward, then you know that that building is going to be there at the end of the at the end of the road. So I would tell myself, don't give up. Because with everything that I'm, that I'm doing now, God's just going to keep building and one thing that I would tell people listening to this right now don't give up don't give up whether you're spiritually strong right now or whether you're going through hell whether you're on a mountain or on a valley you know don't give up because God didn't give up Jesus he he God wrapped himself in flesh he manifested himself in flesh as Jesus so that you don't give up 
He manifests himself as Jesus so that you can have another chance so that even, even if you mess up, even if you're going through hell, even if you're in a valley, you know that he's with you. One thing that really, that really touches my heart in the old Testament, if someone wanted to connect with God, they had to go into the temple, into the holiest of holies. And the reason that Jesus died on the cross is that Jesus died on the cross. So you don't have to go through a whole journey and a half just to talk to him. He died on the cross, so you don't have to do so many of this thing. You don't have to sacrifice the, the, the goat or whatever. You don't have to do all that just to talk to him. You could talk to him wherever and whenever. Right. So whoever's listening, do not give up. Whether you're going through hell or whether you're on a mountain, whether you're on a valley, it doesn't matter. Don't give up. The Bible in Psalms 23, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Why? What does that mean? What is that? What is that saying? It says that God is the provider of my needs. Mm-hmm. It's God is going to protect me wherever and whenever mm-hmm. God's going to lead me. And the whole parable about leaving the 99 for the one, that's so true. God does it, God cares about you. God cares about what you're going through. God, the, the Bible also says that we are as sheep among wolves in this world. So you're not supposed to fit in. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that I said when I was speaking, you're not supposed to fit in. So don't, why try? You're not supposed to fit in. You're so, God designed it in a way to where you're supposed to stand out. Right. He designed it in a way so, to where you're supposed to stand out. So why, w- might as well, if you're going to stand out, might as well make an image of it. Might as well let people know I'm standing out. I'm a Christian. I believe this, this, and this. I'm going through hell, but I believe in the God that I serve. I believe that God, Jesus died on the cross so that he could save me, but not just me. He could save you and not just you. He could save this world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten mm-hmm. son, that whoever believes him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God died on the cross so that you could have everlasting life. Don't give up. And that's one thing that I would tell my my future self. Don't give up. Because even in the midst of all the trials, you could God is still there. You know, even if you can't see it, God doesn't always operate in the physical. It's all spiritual. It's in the spiritual realm around us. If I, I'm sure if I could see, I'm sure if I could see into, into the spiritual realm, if God gave me that gift, I'm sure I'd be able to see angels fighting around me. I'm sure I'd be able to see angels fighting over my, for my family. I may not be able to see it. My, my, my uncles or whatever, they may be doing drugs or my dad may be doing a certain thing, whatever. My family may be doing things. They may, may not be right with God, but I, I know that God's doing something. And especially lately, I know and I feel that God is making and he's stirring something up in the spiritual. We can't see it physically, but I feel it spiritually. God is stirring something up spiritually. And Josh Herring said a long time ago, he said that the devil doesn't, can't tell the future, but he does know when the, when the, when the angels are getting ready for something big. So what I would tell my, my future self, don't give up. If, if, your family still isn't saved. Don't give up. God promised you. Right. God gave you a promise. Don't give up on that promise. Just like with Paul going to, to Rome. Don't give up on that promise. If God told you you're going to Rome, then you're going to Rome. It doesn't matter how you get there. It doesn't matter when you get there as long as you get there. So it doesn't matter what, what situations, what trials, what giants. All David had was a stone, but it wasn't the it wasn't the slingshot. It wasn't the stone that killed Goliath. It was what was behind it. It was his faith that killed Goliath. This is the part where it's like 
conversations with a 16-year-old who's on fire for God right now. I can't wait to see what you're like at 26. It's going to be crazy. 26 years old, 10 years from now. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know, like, whatever it is that you do 10 years from now, it's going to be bigger than what you're doing now. It's going to be sick. Whether it's business, career, education, or whatever it is, it's going to be super sick to see the ambition that you have in your life. Pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) Carlos, thank you so much for coming on. Um, Of course. My pleasure. I want to thank our guests for listening. Um, Please uh, comment questions concerns complaints all of them we want all the smoke on this podcast (laughs) um light us up um yeah it's gonna be fun uh we're gonna have carlos's instagram down below um so super cool if you love this podcast um please you know leave that review on youtube or on spotify i think um itunes as well and all the fun stuff visit our website at www.ourgodwillsaveus.com to either donate or collect merch when the merch is out we're so excited to love you happy uh that was terrible (laughs) my god we love you we're happy to have you on and uh yeah carlos have fun in Texas, man. Oh, man. I'm going to miss you guys. Bring me some sweet tea, brother. I got you. <laughs> Warrior. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to come back with, because uh, I'm at the border, so I don't know if I'm going to come back with a Texas accent or a Spanish accent. Got an accent, tay, brother. I'm going to start saying y'all. I'm going to start saying y'all all the time, huh? Love you, man. My name is Israel Zap, and I'll see you later. Peace.